Hello. Welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hemahemuli Jr. Joined with me today is the lovable Kanak himself, Zach Hicken. What is up, Hema Hemuli Jr.? Yeah, baby. Dude, I'm excited to be back, and we had a special surprise for everyone today. We did. Um, we, should we spoil it? We had some technical difficulties, but uh, we had McKay Pet, the McKay Pet, like the guy that you hear us talking about all the time, all the time. But you've never heard his <laughs> uh, the beautiful, sultry tones of. He, he was visited with us today. For like yeah, minutes, like waiting for us to get this set up, and unfortunately, we uh, couldn't get it set up in time. So. Yeah, he had to catch a flight, so can't blame him for not staying. But he will be back for fall break, and we'll have him on the pod then. Yeah, we're gonna get him on the pod. He was gonna give us an update with all things uh, FCS. FCS. We were gonna do what McKay's uh, FCS power pole. <laughs> yeah, that'd FCS be actually pretty cool. Yeah. He knows what's going on. He is currently uh, the head lead creative force down for SUU football and I guess SUU athletics because he went down originally to create content for Southern Utah University football. Um, but they liked what he's doing so much that they're starting to put him onto the men's basketball team, which I got to be honest, is a great friggin' idea because McKay is amazing. He, uh, puts in, put, he makes such good videos and I, we both have the pleasure of working with him for, for a while. Um, me and McKay started here at KSL at the same time together. And then Zach, you guys came in, um, earlier this year it was january uh started as an intern in january yeah <clears throat> when with you, jeffrey yeah when you and jeff were interns and me and mckay were here and um yeah mckay's great and um i'm sad that he couldn't stay but he filled us in on all the dirty details that's going on and down dating and yeah everything that goes on in cedar city so a lot of fun but we'll have to have him on during the fall break he knows everything fcs and uh unfortunately seu is 0-4 right now this yeah. season yeah terrible had a bye week this week, so uh, it was their best week of the season um, thus far. Uh, <laughs> but a couple teams that did not have good weeks, BYU and Utah. Oh. Or, I mean, we could talk about teams that had good weeks. The Washington teams. Washington had, had a great, great week. Weeks. Yeah, Washington <laughs> Washington State uh, dominated the two, I guess, powers, typical powers from uh, the state of Utah. It was pretty bad because – so right now – um, Zach is wearing his Stanford shirt, which is pretty dope. And I'm wearing, I'm wearing my Stanford pants and we're kind of matchy. Yeah. It would have been an awesome week for us if Dude, we're BYU and Utah our, uh, um, Alliance of American football gear. Today. Oh, that's I right. I forgot about that. Let's talk about that right now. Well, I guess. Let's talk, let's talk BYU and Utah okay. first. Uh, they were awful. Okay. Uh, yeah. BYU, um, literally almost got shut out for the third time in Tanner Mangum's career. Um, yeah. And then scored a touchdown with, what, like 48 seconds left because Washington fumbled a punt return. <laughs> and it, it was, was a, it was a rushing touchdown. Yeah, it was an ugly, ugly game. Oddly enough, Tanner Mangum's stats weren't that bad. He was 18 for 21 for like 165 yards or something like that, 160 yards. So, But for a whole game. Yeah, accuracy-wise, that was pretty good. Accuracy, fine. Because um, that has been an issue for BYU, but he's not pushing the ball downfield like we've seen. Um, when we previewed last week, we kind of said if BYU's not able to push the ball downfield, it's going to be a rough week. They're going to have a hard time keeping up with uh, Washington's team speed. Mm-hmm. We saw that. 
And, uh, yeah, uh, it was the butt-kicking of the year for BYU. 35-7 to was the final. Yeah. And um, I'm not disappointed because I can't say that I didn't see that coming. But I was really disappointed that they didn't score for three quarters. Like, that's really bad, especially for a team that was scoring pretty frequently against Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's, it was a terrible, terrible game overall. Um, probably the worst game this weekend. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's not like Utah's was much better. I mean, it was <laughs> an absolute collapse. I mean, we were going for, like, an all-time game in uh, up in uh, Pullman. Like, a oh, shootout. Yeah. Like, it was 21-21 in the first half, and then um, yeah. well, nobody... There were 10 points scored in the second half. So 42 in the first half, 10 in the second half. Well, Utah looked great in the first half. Yeah. First two quarters, they looked, they were rolling. So let's talk about some of the things that made them look good. Okay. Because um, what we saw, uh, Tyler Huntley was moving the ball with his legs. Yeah. Um, And he was doing so effectively because Utah was running a lot of misdirection. Guess what they did? They were taking a page out of BYU's book. Right. And running the fly sweep and fly sweep fakes with... Britton Covey, who's, you know, the most electric athlete on the field for Utah, mm-hmm. and he's a real threat. And so when you have, basically you're running like a double read option, um, right. like uh, kind of like a spinoff of the triple option with like this uh, wide receiver coming in motion, um, and you're, you know, either faking to Covey and then making the read with Zach Moss. The defense has to respect both Moss and mm-hmm. Covey and Huntley. It's a really hard thing to defend and Utah was really effective moving the ball I mean we saw on a couple plays where they ran this fake fly sweep they were able to pick up first downs on third down Mm -hmm. um, and then Huntley even scored a touchdown on one of the fake fly sweeps to Britton Covey because um, what it does is it's moving the defense it's taking guys out of the box and um, it just opened up a gap right in the middle of the field like it literally looks like a play that BYU, like, it looks like a play that was just stolen right out of BYU's sure. um, playbook. Probably was. It probably was. Um, especially once, like, people were like, hey, you know, if Utah could figure it out, um, you know, maybe they could borrow a play or two from uh, yeah. BYU's playbook. I mean, they have the personnel. Yeah. I mean, Huntley is a running quarterback. They probably would be able to run it a little bit better than BYU. Oh, absolutely. To be honest, because, um, I mean, having a guy. Like, Oleva Hifo and Britton Covey, they play very similar positions, like a slot receiver, mm-hmm. shifty guy. Um, you know, it's like a guy that you're going to be able to throw down in the flat to, and he's mm-hmm. going to be able to pick up, you know, five or ten yards after the catch because he's going to make people miss. Yeah. Um, and they're just very dynamic uh, guys that can do a lot. Covey's what Hifo is sure. to, like, a much greater extent. I, I think he's faster. He looks faster to me. I don't Covey. know. The, yeah, Covey. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know the clock's speed, but Covey looks faster. He is definitely more shifty. Yeah. Um, obviously, from the punt returns. I think Hifo has a little bit more power. <clears throat> sure. He's a little yeah. bigger, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's a little bit bigger. Um, but I mean, well, I, if he's not bigger than Britton Covey, I mean, that's <laughs> an issue. <laughs> right. Uh, but Britton Covey, he's, he's shifty. He's fast. Perfect for the fly sweep. So you got Tyler Huntley. Who's a mobile quarterback? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a slot receiver that's fast and shifty, like Covey, and then you got a running back who is great in the middle, great off the edges in Moss. That's the perfect combination for this fly sweep offense. Yeah. So and they ran it really well in the first half, and mm-hmm. then second half they just went back to what they've been doing the first few games of the season, where 
they hadn't scored a touchdown for what, like seven quarters or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and or no, it was eight quarters. They hadn't scored a touchdown against uh, UW or Northern Illinois, huh? Is that correct? I don't know. That's an offensive touchdown, I think. Sure. So that's, that's bad. A, that's a major issue for a team that was supposed to be as loaded as Utah is. Mm-hmm. And we saw it, like Jeremiah said on Sportsbeat today, it's only going to get harder for Utah the rest of the season because Washington State, um, even though the uh, the Cougars have had Utah's number, that's their fourth straight win against Utah, mm-hmm. um, it's not like Washington State's the best team in the Pac-12 or oh, the sure. Pac-12 North. They're like the fifth best team out of six teams. Yeah. So they're going to be kind of in for a rude awakening. Luckily for Utah... They're competing in the South, which, by all accounts, at this point is much weaker than the North. Right. For this season. Um, so That's a whole other issue. Like, yeah. they're 0 2 in conference play, but against North compa- uh, North opponents. Co- opponents. Yeah. Um, they haven't even started South play yet, and they're already in a big hole, you know? So yeah. I can see how that can put the pressure on Utah. Um, they're already behind it. They're behind Arizona already. Yeah. Arizona has a conference win. Um, UCLA is the only team that uh, Utah's ahead of, and UCLA is really bad this year. Like, yeah, that's almost, in my opinion, Utah's only guaranteed win in the Pac-12 South this year. Like, UCLA is really, really, really bad. That's true. I, you know, like they may get SC because they've been playing really bad, but S- yeah, SC is a weird team. But like, SC is SC, you know. Yeah. How many times has Utah beat SC since joining the Pac-12? Maybe a couple times. I think a handful. I mean, yeah. more than they've beaten some other teams. Sure. Um, I mean, I think more than they beat Washington. I don't know. Have they beat Washington? I don't know. I'll look it up right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's gonna be you know for all the expectations that Utah had coming into the season. This team hasn't lived up to it, and uh, Washington State, you know, Pullman's a hard place to play. Uh, Washington State is a hard team to face. Um, I mean, we talked offense already, but the defense just had mental lapses. Uh, Corey and Ballard gave up two really big touchdown passes. That This is a senior free safety right. um, that shouldn't be making the mistakes that he did. Like, um, one play he was going, like, for the ball, and it looks like he didn't see the receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one, like, he just lost his leverage on the outside of the field, completely over-pursued. Um, got turned wide receiver around. Made it, yeah, it got turned yeah. around. Wide receiver made a couple cuts and was gone for 89 yards for a touchdown. Like, these are mistakes um, that you can't make in the Pac-12 in a P5 conference if you want to be a competitive team. Absolutely. Especially from a senior. Now, granted, um, Sly did point out, uh, we are Washington State threw the ball like 50, 60 times. These defensive backs were getting gassed, especially when Washington State just running receiver after receiver after right. receiver out there with fresh legs. You know, Utah's not Utah doesn't have like 10 guys that they can go out and match up against these guys. Yeah. They don't have fresh legs every play. Um, and so you're seeing um, uh, like Julian Blackman and Right. Um, Corey and Ballard getting beat, and it's because of that. And because they're so tired, they're ma- having these mental lapses. And um, unfortunately, literally, Utah was one play a game, one play from winning this game. And um, that's not even like with the mistakes that they made down the stretch with, you know, there's a block in the back that actually may have not been a block in the back. Yeah. Was, After we, we like, slowed it down too. and zoomed into it. Um, 
Britton Covey returned a punt for a touchdown, and uh, yeah, it got called back because of a block in the back. Turns out it was a completely phantom call. Right. That was just it was a hard um, angle for the ref to see. But that also goes back to like us talking about Britton Covey, how he's got that shiftiness and that speed, and. You could see it in that play that honestly should have been a touchdown. That should have been a touchdown. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So, it's it, you're right. These mistakes can't be made, especially in the Pac-12. Um, I, so, I looked up the uh, win-loss record against. So, Utah's, beat, uh, Utah's played Washington State nine times and has won seven of those. Mm-hmm. Washington, they've played 11 times and they've only won once. Wow. What in year was that? 2015. Okay. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a yeah, hard last conference. last two years, they've lost to Washington. Mm-hmm. This is their fourth straight loss to Washington State. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just these teams from Washington just have Utah's number, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, they're teams that you need to beat if you want to compete for a Pac-12 South title. And, I mean, I, I don't want to say that the conference race is over two weeks into the season because we don't know what's going to happen. Right. You know, something crazy could happen uh, for the next eight weeks, and you know Utah could possibly run away with it. But honestly, like at this point, Utah's playing um, to get six wins because Arizona State's looking better than um, than we thought. Colorado looks a heck of a lot better than we thought. Yeah, USC is USC. Um, they're going to give you a game no matter what. Uh, Utah still has Stanford, Oregon. Yeah. Um, so st- uh, let's see. Utah's at Stanford this week. Uh, then they play Arizona, which the Arizonas always give Utah a hard time. Like, and Arizona's starting to actually play pretty well. Right. Uh, then SC, and we talked about that. Yeah. SC, for some reason, crazy things happen. They yeah. always have Utah's number. Then UCLA, which is the gimme. We think they're going to win that mm-hmm. one. Then at Arizona State, Tempe's a crazy place to play, too. Um, and Herm Edwards has this team playing pretty good. Which is surprising, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Oregon comes to Utah in November. And then they wrap up the season with a Colorado team, which who knows what's going to happen there. Yeah. And then Utah, which, uh, then BYU, sorry, at Utah. So Utah has two more guaranteed wins, I think three more games that they're probably favored in at this point. Right. And that's uh, UCLA, Arizona, and BYU. Yep. The rest is a test. Yeah. <laughs> like, ugh. Be 0-2 in conference play, and the hardest part hasn't even really happened yet. Yeah. It's going to be a tough season for the Utes, especially if they can't get their offense turned around. I mean, this is a good defense. Yeah. This is a defense that can win them games. It's going to keep them in games at least, but they're not going to be able to win games against Oregon or um, Arizona State. or With those mistakes, US- for USC. sure. Yeah, without, um, without some help from the offense. So real quick, let, before we move on, let's talk about just really quick. So Lo Falamaka's out. What's another? What's a fix? He's the center for you know the, the six offense. Years, yeah, six year senior. What are they gonna do? Wh- I, what's the fix? I honestly don't know because a big part of the issue I feel like is with the offensive line for Utah because these guys aren't physical. They aren't getting a big push. Like they even struggled against Weber State to like establish. You yeah, know, the line dominant like line of scrimmage. And so. I don't know. It's going to be really tough for these guys. I'm, I'm honestly worried for the youths. Um, would you, Would you like to see Jack Tuttle in there or not? Nah? No, you or don't play Jack, Jack Tuttle's not going to play in 2018. I think Jason Shelley. 
Jason Shelley. That's if, right. He's if, a senior, right? Yeah. Or no, no, no. He's a, he's a redshirt freshman. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. So you think he'd see the field before? Before Tuttle, yeah. Yeah. So Shelley actually did play against Weber State. He's gotten time this year. He mm-hmm. is maybe a better athlete than Huntley. Wow. Yeah. And in my opinion, I think okay. he's a really good athlete. Um, he's a really good quarterback. I think that he's someone that Utah could utilize. And if they need a spark, I, I say if Utah doesn't win, um, I mean, it's Stanford next week. That's tough. So it's tough. Yeah. But the week after, it's uh, Arizona State, you said? Um, is Next is Arizona. Arizona. Wildcats. If Utah can't beat Arizona, you bring in Jason Shelley. Okay. If Utah's trailing Arizona, you bring in Jason Shelley because you cannot afford an 0-4 start. Oh, yeah. In Pac-12 play. For sure. You cannot. And that's, you know, they... they An 0-3 start almost takes Utah out of the race completely. If they lose to Arizona, that's their first South South opponent. Like, you've got to win that one. Yeah, you have to win that one. So when do we start panicking and when do we uh, see if maybe a change at head coach is warranted? Kyle Winningham's job is safe if he beats BYU in game 12 this season. Even if they lose everything else. It's a hard let's, question. Let's, let's follow up on this after, <laughs> okay. after that We'll game. see how it goes. Um, all right. So let's because see. Because if they go bowling and that sixth win is against BYU, yeah. then, uh, you know, there's going to be some changes down south and, you know, up north. Sure. You know, maybe uh, Utah's getting a new offensive coordinator for two, 2019. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So let's move. Let's, uh, do we talk? We talked BYU. We talked Utah. So let's just look at the two games that uh, these guys have in Ford really quickly. Okay. Um, BYU uh, and actually Utah State are facing off. It's conference this weekend, weekend battle. Yeah. yeah. Friday Friday night game. Um, at Provo. Down in BYU. This is a weird game every year. Like, um, it's, you never know what's going to happen in a rivalry yeah. game. And like, you know, there's like the years that like BYU is like almost like guaranteed to win, like 2014. And BYU loses. Yeah. You know? Like last year, U- BYU looked like a way better team than Utah State, but then, you know, Bo oh, Hodge gets hurt yeah. and uh, Ula Tolutau, like, can't hold on to the ball. Um, it was wild. Ty Detmer's nephew, Coy Detmer Jr., comes in and throws, like, five picks and kept fumbling the ball. Like, it was just a weird game. Yeah. Um, Utah State's a way better team this year, though. They're the best team in the state. Utah State's the best team in the state. I think that they're a team that could push Boise State for – um, a division title in the Mountain West Conference. Which I think that would be a great game to watch. Utah State-Boise State. Man. Yeah, I'm, that's a game I'm looking forward Can't to. Wait. So, um, yeah, Utah State's basically, like, in the driver's seat at this point, I feel like, for, uh, you know, a division title in the Mountain West Conference. Like, their offense mm-hmm. is legit. Jordan Love's good. Gerald Bright is, like, way better at running back than I thought that he would be. Like, I thought oh, he would yeah. be pretty good, but, like, He's he's legit. Like he's really talented, and he. I mean, he's a guy that has breakaway speed. Yeah. Um, you know, he's putting up numbers that we expected Zach Moss to put up this year. Sure. Granted, it's against lesser competition, but he's looking really, really good. Um, you BYU's in for a really hard game, and I know we kind of look forward to Utah a little bit. Let's kind of project out for BYU's schedule. Okay. Um, because after that, uh. BYU is going so BYU plays Utah State next week, um, and then uh, they have a handful of just uh, consecutive um, uh, home games. They're going to play Northern Illinois, or sorry, Hawaii, 
the week following. Mm-hmm. Hawaii has an awesome offense. Like, if BYU can't stop Utah State, I don't know how they're going to stop Hawaii. Sure. Um, and then BYU plays Northern Illinois the week after that. So BYU very possibly uh, could start um, at home one and three. <laughs> okay. Do you know what BYU's goal this season was? Ooh, what? To defend Lavelle's house because oh, they were yeah. two and four last year um, at home. Yeah. Which is just, that's the worst home record that BYU's had since, I mean, since I can remember. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely dreadful. They lost to UMass last year at home. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they're going to play three straight home games, and then they have Boise State. Okay, that's going to be a th- that's going to be a battle. A really tough game for BYU, especially up on the Smurf turf. Um, then UMass, which like I want to say that that should be a win, but you don't know. You don't know because <laughs> of what happened last year, and yeah. like I thought BYU's defense was pretty solid, and granted, you know. I think BYU is missing probably two of its three best players, maybe two of its best four players um, on the defensive side of the ball yesterday mm-hmm. uh, with Zane Anderson and sure. Ryan Gonwalaku uh, yeah. missing. But, um, yeah, it's just this, like, they've already gone through the toughest part of their schedule, but it's not like it's easier, but it's not like it's a, an easy schedule down the rest of the way. Like, right. Because these are just – these teams might not necessarily. They're not be P five. Yeah, yeah, they might not be better, but they're bad matchups for BYU. They're they're good G five teams. Yeah. Like you shouldn't. I mean, Boise State is not a team to scoff at. Utah State is not a team to U- scoff at. Utah State, Hawaii, and Boise State are bad matchups for BYU. Yeah, that's it. We saw what happened with a bad matchup against Washington. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna have the same team speed that Washington has, but they're gonna be running all over the field oh and, and, gonna, and it's an up-tempo spread offense with um like utah state especially like these guys just execute yeah and jordan loves a really good quarterback he's very precise um i mean he's like chucky keaton 2.0 right he's he's what chucky was chucky's like freshman and sophomore year mm-hmm. where everyone was like wow this guy is amazing yeah he he's better than that I think also he has a better supporting cast around him, like than Chucky did. Yeah, yeah, he's got because Chuck, Chucky had a good defense, right? Uh, during those years, he had guys like Bobby Wagner and yes, I mean he had Turbo for part of it, and um, but yeah, like but he's got a his running back core is so deep. Like Gerald Bright, we talk about him and he's great, but he they also have two other running backs. He hasn't even started like half the games. Yeah, he's they got two other running backs and come in with fresh legs. Yeah, just as fast, just as shifty. Uh, you've got good receiver core around him. Well, and their tight end's great. Their tight end's Dax amazing. Dax Raymond's great. Yeah, Dax yeah. Raymond. Um, so, and their, you know, their O-line can get a real good push. I mean, um, watching them against Michigan State, like, they were pushing some Big Ten kids around. Yeah. So, it's, ugh, it's going to be a fist fight, I think. And I think Utah State might beat BYU. Yeah, <laughs> it's, BYU's currently favored by two and a half. Two and a half points. Yeah. Wow. Two and a half. And, I mean, typically with a team, like, they get three points at home. A lot of people are really, like, discrediting Utah State. Yeah. And part of it's because they've had a bye week. Um, you know, people are kind of forgetting what they did at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. But Utah State's really good, guys. Yeah. Like, do not discredit Utah State um, because I honestly would not be surprised. I'm picking Utah State to win this game. Yeah. So, um it's just gonna it's gonna be a hard season for BYU if it can't figure mm-hmm. out what's going on with its offense and um 
can't get things back on track very quickly. Yeah. So yeah, um, those are the games this this week for college football. For college football. Um, let's uh, let's kind of talk a little bit about the uh, let's talk about the Browns for a minute. <laughs> yes. Um, as anyone who's been listening to the podcast knows, I'm all in on the Browns for 2018. Um, a disappointing loss though to uh, the once winless Raiders, oh my led by John Gruden. Yeah. Uh, an overtime loss, and um, you know it was an exciting game though. Forty. Uh, sorry, it was 87 points put up between the two right. teams. Went to overtime. Uh, you know, just mistakes down the stretch, and that's what you're going to see in a young team. I mean, I mean, these are guys that like most of their starters are only like third. You know, like maximum like right. third year guys. Third Baker's year guys. first start, like, yeah. so obviously playing a full full four quarters. You know, being brand new, you're going to make some mistakes. I don't expect yeah. you to be perfect, especially in the NFL. Um, what he had a did he have a pick? Is that what it was? He, he threw, threw two picks. Two I think picks. He fumbled twice, but yeah, um, yeah, that was an exciting game. We had a uh, really good, exciting game in uh, on Sunday Night Football between the Ravens and Steelers. Uh, Ravens look really good. They're three and one wow. to start the season. Um, way better than I expected. Like Joe Flacco is like uh, he's like worried that someone's gonna come for his job or something. <laughs> I guess with uh, you know the Ravens. Drafting, drafting Lamar Jackson in the first round right. last year. Um, in fact, trading up for Lamar Jackson last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another big surprise was the uh, Dolphins-Patriots game where, like, the Patriots, who have just looked terrible, right. completely thumped the Dolphins, who were 3-0 yeah. uh, up until this point. Um, I'm just thinking uh, Seattle, my team, uh, won uh, on a last-second field goal against Josh Rosen, so suck it, Rosen. <laughs> um, suck it, Arizona. <laughs> The whole state, like, <laughs> you just got freaking swept up by a hurricane. You have another one coming this week. <laughs> Who do they got this week? They literally have a hurricane hitting the state oh, of Arizona. Oh, gotcha. Week. Yeah, and then it's going to come up and hit part of us. So, uh, yeah, that's exciting. Um, oh, I probably man. shouldn't joke around about that. But, uh, yeah, rock you like a hurricane, baby. That's what those Seahawks did. Dude. Let's talk for a second about the Seahawks at Earl Thomas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this might be, like, the most interesting thing Kay. of the week. Um, Tell me about like it. Like, nationally. So, Earl Thomas, uh, the Seahawks star safety, uh, the last remaining original member of the Legion of Boom, he's been in contract disputes with the Seahawks all offseason mm-hmm. and uh, broke his leg. Well, it appears he broke his leg in a game today. As he's getting carted off the field, he freaking flips off the Seahawks sideline. <laughs> wow. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. That... It's been rough for that organization for the past few oh, years, man. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. We don't have to talk about it. What we can talk about is, do uh, you want to give us some picks, some fantasy? Well, let's talk. Uh, I got one more guy I want to talk about. Okay. Taysom Hill. Oh, of course. Taysom Hill had, like, the most exciting week. And, like, he's making, like, he, he's gone from, like, being this, like, cult hero in Provo and New Orleans to, like, <laughs> now because of, like, what he did today against um, – who was it that they played? Uh, the Giants. They oh, yeah, the yeah, Giants yeah. Today. They played Peyton Manning and Saquon Barkley. And that was actually, that was a really good game, too. And so we saw Taysom Hill, like, come in in, like, all these, like, key situations. He um, had a fake pass on, uh, on a... On a punt. On a punt, yeah. Had a kickoff return. He caught a pass. Um, he had, like, a 19-yard rush. He had, like, this huge block um, 
immediately lined up at like the H back position. Oh yeah, and like decleated oh, a guy for like a long Alvin Kamara touchdown, and he almost threw his first dude. He could have had NFL touchdown. He could have had a couple, right? Yeah. Um, oh my god. Alvin Kamara dropped the ball like literally like right in the breadbasket, and his brother in law David Nixon was here, and he hadn't seen the play <laughs> yet, and so I pulled it up for him, and he's just like, "Oh my goodness, no!" Like yeah. he was so bummed, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was really cool to see, like, Barstool Sports was, like, tweeting about Taysom Hill. Like, yeah. Tony Romo was, like, Romoing all over him. Yeah. Like, just getting so excited. <laughs> just, like, when you have a quarterback that can come in and, like, who can swing a block and return kicks and, you know, he can do the fakes and, you know, they, just, they don't even know what they're going to throw at him. If you can run up, what if you put Drew Brees, Taysom Hill in the backfield at the same time? Like, what would you do? Like, what what, what would, would the defense you do? do? Like, what would a defense do? <laughs> You know, like, Tony Romo just getting so excited. Like, it was just, it was awesome. Dude. It was the perfect combination because, like, Tony Romo's the best, like, color guy in the NFL. And, like, um, after, like, the whole Aikman, uh, like, love that happened right. last year, um, it was really exciting to have that same thing, you know, basically happen with, like, a different broadcast team. And so, um, uh, yeah, it was it was really cool. Crazy. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome uh, to see... You know, Taysom finally get some recognition and do a few more things because we've seen a few things from him. Yeah. Um, uh, like, he's had a couple fake punts for – a couple fake uh, rushes for punts. Um, and, uh, you know, he's obviously like, made a name on special teams, uh, having tackles, returning kicks. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's list off things that he's done, okay? So he's obviously rushed for – are we going to just talk about the Saints too? Because – because, you know, he started off with the Packers. He is probably, like, the biggest uh, one that got away, I think, for the Packers, right? Yeah, well, because they played Brett Hundley last oh year, and he just gosh. looked awful. And they even moved Brett Hundley this offseason to use to have Deshaun Kaiser come up <laughs> as the backup, who just looked awful. I mean, granted, it was in Cleveland. He was, like, 0-8 or whatever as a starter last year. Yeah. And, like, he threw, like, three times as many picks as touchdowns. Like, he was just awful last year in Cleveland. And right. he's the backup to Aaron Rodgers, who has not been able to stay healthy the last three years. And yeah. so it's just like, man, the Packers are just like, I, f- I feel like um, they actually kept four quarterbacks on the roster this year. Yeah. Um, or like three and then one on their practice squad just because of what happened last year with Taysom Hill. Right. Um, they were hoping that he'd stay a secret. And guess what? The Saints are paying dividends. They have the best quarterback room in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. So you got Drew Brees, who is a no doubt, no hands, like no hands down. He's an MV or a Hall of Famer. Right. Uh, when all is said and done. Then you have um, Teddy Bridgewater as the backup, who yeah. was awesome in Minnesota before he tore his ACL and basically like had to like get a bionic knee put in. <laughs> right. And then you have Taysom Hill, who is just tearing teams up and like, making a name and like is this versatile athlete that's able to do so much and i was talking to i was talking to david today well okay so we were listening off things that Taysom has done right he's 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 thrown he's rushed you know he's he's had a couple carries himself um he's got a big big block yeah he's had a big special teams tackle yeah he's had a 50 yard just like one of each of these things it's like multiple multiple right this it's just like the areas that he's covered he's he's had a return for like 50 yards yeah um and then we saw today that he had a fake punt for a first down yeah and 
I was like talking to David. And I'm like, man, this they just got to get this guy. Taysom just needs to kick an extra point. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, well he, well, he did in high school. He yeah, kicked like, extra he points. <laughs> he, yeah, he was the he was the punter and stuff. Like, yeah, wild. I found the Taysom Hill recruiting tape, and he was like the kickoff guy. And he'd go That's down insane. and just blow guys up. And yeah. then he'd go um, line up at like free safety linebacker. You know, they'd get the ball back. He'd return it, and then he'd line up at punt. Uh, quarterback just wild it was crazy shouts to um, highland high school in, yeah uh, shouts to highland idaho. high school in uh, idaho <laughs> um but yeah Taysom, he just looks like he's having fun out on the football field and uh you know he, he just looks like he's enjoying the game of football and in fact he actually um talked about that a little bit uh and what his favorite position to play for on the saints is i think at the end of the day they're they're different roles and they're different responsibility but it, it's all on the field and it's all competing and I, I, I can't complain about any of it um, I'm a competitor at heart um, so I, I can't sing a lot one thing but um, just being on the field with these guys creates a unique bond um, and I love that and of course crazy he's just happy to be on the field and I mean that's something that when we saw Taysom Hill I think that you know anyone who knew him while he was at BYU knew that he would be able to find a role in this league mm-hmm. in a position like this he's a freak athlete and we all knew that i remember when he was leaving after his senior year or whatever everyone was like he's gonna be he's not gonna hang as a quarterback in the nfl um because beyond let's be honest he didn't have a great last couple seasons as quarterback but everyone that's watched him ever since he started knows that he's an athlete and that he can play elsewhere and i think he's starting to prove that so he loves to play hell sean payton loves that he's on his team like yeah. Yeah, well, I think he's proven that he, uh, you know, he actually can play quarterback in, in the league. Um, we've seen it in the preseason. He's yeah. shown that he's effective. But let's talk this week about uh, Zach's fantasy tips. Yes. Okay, we ready for this? Let's do it. Right, this mm. week we're talking white boys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because do you want to know who just absolutely dominated for me this week? Let's hear it. Our white boys, okay? Okay. <laughs> so we have at quarterback Matt Ryan, you know, like the whitest of white quarterbacks in the league. What how much did Matt Ryan have this week? Thirty four points. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thirty four points. Um Cooper Cup, thirty seven okay. points. Damn. You know, like the star white wide receiver for uh the Rams. Thirty seven points, okay? Then uh, Adam Thielen, 27 points on, nice. the, on the Thursday night showdown against the Rams. Yep. Um, so uh, do yourselves a favor. Draft some white boys in your league. <laughs> um, they're going to do you some good, Bro. especially at, like, the tight end position. Like, white guys are always the best tight ends. Um, Dude, one of the – okay, so one of the whitest guys I, that I played against this week, Andrew Luck, for in my league, he had 35, 36 points. <laughs> Andrew the Luck. Beard. Yeah. Okay, how about Jordy Nelson? He had 17.8 <laughs> points in my other league. Yeah. Um, okay, and if you guys aren't looking at maybe getting a white boy, <laughs> let me tell you a guy who's going to be available in your league um, that you're going to want to pick up, okay, is Nick Chubb. He's the yeah. backup running back for the Cleveland Browns. He finally had, like, this breakout game. He was the second-round um, second pick for 
uh, the Browns. He was like the first or second pick in the second round. Yeah. Um, star at Georgia. Um, you know, he went with Georgia to um, the national title national, game yeah. in that two-headed duo back with uh, like two-headed duo backfield with uh, Sonny Michelle. Um, yeah, Nick Chubb. Okay. Do you want to know how many points? And I had him on the bench because. He hasn't been productive up to this point, but he finally had, like, this breakout game. He's going to start getting more playing time. Okay? Oh, cool. He had 30 uh, – excuse me, he had 22 points for me this week. Wow. It's not okay? bad. And so, getting it done. Over my starting – over my RB1, yeah, had two points. Really? Okay? Yeah. Who's your RB, starter? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, so, if Nick Chubb is available in your league, pick him up Snatch on the waiver wire this week, guys. Um, he is – a solid player. Um, let me tell you how, what percentage of leagues he's owned in. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he's just, he's had a great, um, like, he, he's a big talent that, um, you know, a lot of teams are just going to overlook because, one, he's on Cleveland, um, and two, uh, he just hasn't really produced so far. Um, he's owned in 15.6% of leagues. Okay. He was owned in 20% last week. Okay. And just... So people are starting to dump him. Let me let me ask you this question real quick. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, okay, doesn't does it look good for him? Should I dump him? I have him on my bench, but this this past week in the loss to Chicago, he only had four points. Well, in my he league. was splitting time with Jameis Winston. Yeah, so I you think, think he's done? To a point. Well, here's the thing. I don't know that Jameis is going to last the whole season in Tampa Bay because he's had health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw what Ryan Fitzpatrick um, was able to do in the first few weeks of the season um, when the team was his, and now that like it kind of split up, you know, I mean, it was just an all-around bad performance. Yeah. If you're giving up 45 points to the Bears yeah. and Mitchell Trubisky, like, yeah, uh, that, that's more than Ryan Fitzpatrick having issues. But, um, yeah, I, I I say hold on to him for another couple weeks. I okay. Mean, you always got to have a second quarterback on your sure. on your roster. Um, maybe just don't start him until he's kind of secured that starting position back again. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I have for Zach's fantasy tips. Again, surprise, surprise, I'm suggesting that you draft a Cleveland Brown, um, <laughs> or I guess uh, in this case, uh, we're all in. Pick him up in free agency. We're all in. I'm buying my first Browns gear. This season, this week, guys. You're gonna buy that shirt. I'm gonna buy that shirt. It's a Baker Mayfield yeah, yeah. shirt, and it just looks awesome. <laughs> okay, um, but Hema, yes, uh, you have some exciting news to tell us. Uh, you watched a movie this week. Yeah, cue that shiz up. I wa- watched the original Star Wars for the first time. <laughs> for the first time. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't the original Star Wars. Uh, it was the newest Star Wars. The newest. I almost said the, it was the earliest right. in the timeline. That's not correct. That's not true. Because the prequels came first. It's the newest uh, installment of the Star Wars stories. I don't uh, know why they're branding them that way. It was yeah. Han Solo, a Star Wars story yeah. is the one I watched. Pretty good, huh? What'd I liked think? it. Um, I liked it. I remember, so... For those of you that aren't familiar with this segment, Hema's movie corner or whatever we're calling this thing, 
there's a running joke that if a movie comes out, I will see it like three months later. He waits till it comes out on Redbox, <laughs> and then he doesn't watch it while it's in Redbox. He waits like three months after that when it makes its Netflix. Run. I, I eventually watch the movie when I pick it up off of my friend's coffee table, and I'm like, "Oh, when did you get this?" He's like, "Oh, a month ago." And then I pop it in and I watch it. Uh, I watched Han Solo, and it was great. I liked it. I remember there was a lot of hate on it coming out at the beginning because people were afraid that the Han- the guy playing Han Solo wasn't charismatic enough or whatever. But I thought it was fine. Um, my favorite character by far, which shouldn't be a surprise, was Lando, um, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. Oh, it was awesome. A.k.a. Donald Glover. He was great. Um, I didn't know that he had sex with his robot. Can I get into that, like, right away where I don't know... <laughs> I didn't know that was Do a you thing. Just wonder how that works. Is that your question? Are you concerned with how it works? The dynamics? I mean, well, that, that very question was asked in the movie and the robot replied, Oh, it works. <laughs> Implying that they actually do it. And I don't, I don't know. It's, it was wild. Here's for the me. thing. We're not far off from a future where this is actually like a possibility <laughs> where people are going to start having sex with robots. Okay. I mean, That's true. This is KSL after hours. We're not going to shy away from this conversation. I mean, but th- this wasn't like a sex doll robot. This was like a pointy, like looked like a washing machine. People don't always want people looking robots. Like there was a show on uh, a uh, AMC um, called Humans a few years ago that oh, uh, hmm. was like about like these cyborg type things that like people had as like personal assistants and basically like it got rid of like prostitution because like they would just use (laughs) robots instead and it was actually safer and like people like would end up like having affairs with their Their personal assistant robots and like there was like this whole like yeah it was like this whole like (laughs) weird like um uh like weird storyline where like this dad and this family like had sex with the robot and was, like, trying to hide it from his wife and, like, <laughs> figured he couldn't. And so just, like, I don't know. I only watched, like, the first season of it, but it was just, like, well, it's oddly like... enough, like, we're not far away from that. <laughs> That's true. Like, now... I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this was, like, a regular thing in the next 10 years. Well, now that you say that, it makes sense. I mean, it's becoming, like, Westworld is, like, a, sh- yeah. a huge show right now that I've actually seen. Um, and, like, that's kind of the same premise. They're all robots and... Yeah. Still when you when you put it that way, like, okay, yeah, like I've seen I it's not an unheard of thing. It's still kinda you weird. Watch people have sex with robots. I don't I say that I I say that I don't deny that it happens. Oh, okay. <laughs> well then. Yeah. Um So uh Star Wars. <laughs> that uh Han Solo. Uh, let's hear a rating for it. What do what do you give it? Uh five? out of five? Like a to a to F scale, like a Oh, okay. Part. Uh Probably a B plus. Okay, B plus. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't it like amazing. Plus, yeah, it, uh, it didn't blow you away. Um, I mean, how could it? I already know how the story goes. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, it was kind of cool how you find out like how he gets the Millennium Falcon, how he does the twelve parsec run or whatever. Like, I knew that all was that was all going to happen. I knew he wasn't going to die at the end. So obviously, wait, what? Yeah, I'm just kidding. How about the spoil, like the or the twist at the end? Not the spoiler. The twist at the end. Well, this is oh a spo- sure spoiler warning. Yeah, spoiler uh, Darth alert. Darth Maul's still alive. Darth Maul's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a different actor though. Like you can, I swear he has like a different face no, I think shape. It's the same guy. 
Is it? Yeah, but here's the thing. Anyone who watches like Star Wars Rebels or like Star Wars Clone Wars, which Sean is like a huge proponent of. That's true. Um, knew that this was going to be a thing. And when we originally did like our original like um, review of uh, Star Wars, like Holo, or sorry, Solo, <laughs> a Star Wars uh, story, mm-hmm. the spinoff, um, we talked about this a little bit. Um, and Sean just said he wasn't surprised because he knew based on other now canon series that right. Darth Maul was still alive. But it was still kind of cool to see him on the big screen again rather than on the small screen in cartoon form. So yeah. um, I'm very excited. I know that they've said that they're going to kind of slow down just because of what this was. Like, this was kind of like a box office failure. Yeah. Um, but I do think that um, this is... Uh, uh, this is going to be an exciting. Um, well, I, I'm excited to see where it goes with that storyline, and um, you know maybe they do something with Obi Wan and he meets up with Darth Maul. Again. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, but uh, let's talk a couple movies that Hemba won't see for another year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually excited <laughs> to see that they're coming out this week. Uh, so Predator came out, I believe it was two weeks ago. Um, I'm actually really excited yeah. to see that. Uh, I. I'm gonna try to go out and see it this week. We'll see how okay. my schedule works out. Um, I want to see that it too. It might not work out this week, but two movies I'm really excited for that are coming out this week, this Friday: uh, Venom, yes, which looks awesome. Every trailer looks freaking amazing. Yeah, Tom like, this Hardy is, what, is like, great. Like I wanted out of this movie. Yeah, forever. You know, um, I'm excited to see uh, Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock, and you know uh, what this spinoff for Venom kind of turns into and I'm really excited for uh, A Star is Born which one's that um, it's the Bradley oh, Cooper Lady Gaga Lady movie. Gaga um, my wife and I have like been looking forward to this for a while interesting so we're really excited to see that and then um, uh, in two weeks from this Friday so I guess like basically three and a, two and a half weeks um, from today Halloween oh right Michael Myers returns yeah dude. Michael with Jamie Myers Lee returns. Curtis with, yeah and uh, I, yeah that, that looks awesome did you know that um, that the uh, mask that Mike Myers, the the killer, wears is uh, a mask of um, Captain st- Kirk? Captain Kirk. Yeah. Of the what's the actor's name? Oh my gosh, he's on the uh, Travelocity commercials. You can tell that we're not very big nerds. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, oh my William, gosh. Shatner. William Shatner. Yeah. It's, it's a William <laughs> Shatner mask that they basically like pluck the hair out of and spray paint it. Right. So. Which is hilarious. Um, yeah. Like this iconic movie mask. Uh, maybe the most iconic in, uh, all of, maybe. Horror, maybe? Out of second horror? Second to maybe Jason Voorhees. Oh, that's true. Um. I mean, the three most iconic, you got. They're all Michael pretty iconic, Myers, honestly. Screen, the Scream mask. Yeah. Um, and then. Well, what about the Saw guy? Well, yeah, but, like, I'm thinking, like, classic horror. Okay. Like, Scream kind of, like, even though it came later than these movies, like. It was pretty. 15, 20 years, but, like. Yeah. It's on point for, like, kind of being, like. It was a groundbreaker, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. it kind of, it knew it was a horror movie, and it made fun of itself being a horror yeah. movie. I think, I mean, Scream's my favorite horror movie ever. Yeah. I love that movie. It was, the first one's great. Yeah. Because, like, the, really the twist good. at the end, too, like, or I guess it's in the middle. Yeah. Um, that It's great. It's a great movie. Yeah, that there were two killers. And, like, yeah. the whole thing with, like, uh, Sydney not even being, like, on the um, posters. Right. Like, leading into it. Like, right. nobody, like, thought that she was going to be, yeah, like, yeah. the star. And she turns out, like, yeah, she's 
had a whole huge franchise off. Yeah. Like, spin, like spun off of it. But yeah, I'm really excited for the new Halloween movie. And, it's going to be um, good. Speaking of which, it's October. Yeah. Yes. Haunted House season. This We're going to f- try. Yes. Are we going to tease it? Yeah, let's tease it. Okay. We're going to try and do a Halloween-themed episode from an actual haunted house. Like, right. not a haunted house that you pay for. No. You go to an attraction. Like, it's an one old that, like, home. people have, like, actually reported, like, seeing ghosts. Yes. In. Um, we're going to try and make this happen, guys. And we're, we're going to bring Sean along. We're going to bring Sean along, and we're maybe just going to leave him there for the night. Yeah, and see if he's there in the morning when we yeah. get there. So, um, stay tuned for that. Yeah, end of this month, obviously. It'll be, it'll be around Halloween time when we actually do this. So, Halloween's my favorite holiday, by the way. Mine's Thanksgiving. That's a good holiday, though. Thanksgiving's the best holiday. It's a, football, food, and it's family. As a, yeah, as a sports guy... Yeah, it's Which a it's a good. We, we're gonna work on Thanksgiving this year, probably. But also as like a freaking well, maybe not me, but as I'm a, on baby watch that week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Zach's got a baby coming that week. It's gonna be great. Hopefully, I hope so too. <laughs> um. Yeah. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Wrap uh, this shiz up. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Let's. Uh. I think we pretty much touched on everything that we want to. Um. Again. Uh. If you guys are listening to the show, if you enjoy it, um, if you're embarrassed, um, I'm sorry <laughs> that you're listening to this. But if you guys are enjoying the show, share it with your friends. Um, uh, you know, the more listeners, the more support we get, the more exciting things that we can do, um, the more shows that we'll start to have. Yeah. Um, and so share it with your friends. Post it on Twitter, Facebook. If you uh, listen to this at work, you know, share it with the people that you work with. Yeah, and talk to um, us. We uh, like to hear from you guys. Yeah, tweet at us. I'm at Zach Hicken on Twitter. You're at Hema Hemuli Jr. Yep. Um, at really DSW. <laughs> I have no I idea. Um, at KSL Sports. You can find us there too. Yeah, so at KSL Sports. Give us some feedback. You know, what do you guys want to hear? Uh, if you guys want to hear more high school, um, we'll definitely do that. Uh, lots of great high school lots athletes. Lots of great high school um, going on this week. In fact, Bingham number one went down. That's all we're going to say about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, we could do a whole pot we, on this. Uh, we're running out of time. But, yeah, give us some feedback. Share it with your friends. Subscribe. Uh, like us. Leave a review. Um, and uh, we've said it in the past, but we're going to start giving out some free swag. Yep. It's um, coming. It's coming. So It's going to be great. Uh, we have a lot of exciting things down the tube. Um, and, uh, yes, uh, thanks everyone for listening. And, uh, this is, uh, I think this is all I got. Do you have anything else, Emma? No, we're good. Just keep listening. Watch our shows. I am Hemahe Mooley Jr. Thanks for listening. And I am joined by, with Zach Hicken. Peace. We'll talk to you guys later. Okay. We'll see you guys soon. And, uh, you see Sean and walk her around, tell him we miss him. Punch him in the balls.